Hello and welcome to 51st Coffees. So why 51st Coffees? Now, this is very little to do with coffee and everything to do with connection through conversation, plus finding out how far can a good conversation go. There are 52 weeks in a year and I look forward to speaking to someone new inside and outside my social circle at least once a week. These are people I admire for a whole bunch of reasons. They are fueled by ambition, passion, greed, curiosity. They are from a wide range of industries. They are from all around the world and they're still figuring it all out. This this whole thing in every sense of it is a first for me. My name is Masha Aida. and welcome to my 51st coffees On this episode I am speaking to Paula Rogo. Paula Rogo aka Calibaus is the host and producer of the I Have No Idea What I Am Doing podcast. A podcast for young African women trying to figure out entrepreneurship. She is an established entrepreneur herself, having set up and created Kali Media, a media company focused on East African women and created alongside her co-founders Africa Podfest, Africa's first podcast festival. I love love my conversations with Paula and on this particular one, of course I had to start with the why. I was actually born in Sweden. Father was doing his PhD at the time, but I moved back to Kenya when I was still very very young. So for me, Sweden is just something I put on official document. And then when I was um about I think 12 years old, we moved to the US. So I went to high school in the US, university in the US, did my grad school in the US and had pretty much lived my whole life there until I decided to move back to Kenya two or I guess at this point 3 years ago in order to sort of move into the media space within um Kenya. And even though I was on the US side, I I'm still very much connected to Kenya. I still feel very Kenyan first in my life. And so and used to come visit very often. In the US I studied journalism, worked for a number of different media companies, um but I did print, I did broadcast, TV and this was hard news, so like 9 o'clock news. It was it was exciting but I I think for anyone who has lived abroad I think the grass is always greener on the other side. You're always considering what would it be like if I moved home. I think everyone looks at each side and thinks, "Wow, look at the other side." Because even now okay. that I'm here, I'm like, "Wow, look at the other side." At the same yeah. time, um, the thing about home is family. Uh, the thing about home is is just familiarity. Because when you're abroad, there's a level of loneliness. Even though I was there for for, I moved much younger than most people end up going. I was 12. I think there's always like a hunger to come. home and just see what that experience is like by that point you know my kiswahili was pretty was dying <laughs> this thing's over and i was also tired a little tired of the media space on that side there was a lot of racism sexism there's a lot of isms um much of probably what you're seeing with the black lives matter movement that's currently happening on that side of the world i was like let me try something different and let me see what i could potentially do with these media skills that i picked up in terms of of business and i think the journey for me was is has just been reconnecting with my roots which sometimes can feel for people who haven't left can feel like oh they're just moving back reconnection feels really ladida and then also then when moving back by starting a media company i was doing more 
business, then I was doing media. And so the journey of entrepreneurship was also another animal that I ended up tackling. Yeah, that's my story. So I'm a journalist slash media entrepreneur slash figuring life out mm-hmm. like all of us. What does it mean to be a media entrepreneur? Like what 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 does that entail? Yeah. And can I just say I'm only learning to say that in the last few months. I remember I once met this lady at, I think, at an event and I asked her what she did. And she said, she was really a writer, but she said everything but writer. And when I asked her, why didn't you just say it in one word? writer it would have simplified everything she felt like oh she wasn't she didn't feel confident in her credentials quote-unquote of calling herself that so for me having used the label journalist for years and used it very comfortably and confidently to media has definitely been a shift and that's because I think for a long time I felt like a fraud you know like am I really doing this am I really like especially when it's not making money and it's not booming as well as you'd like I'm only learning to take on that I'm an entrepreneur in the space of media. So you mentioned Kali Media, the media company I created that's focused specifically on creating content for women in East Africa. So Kenya, Tanzania, Uganda, and expanding into Rwanda when we get a chance. But also uh, there's another company I started called Africa Podfest because uh-huh. uh, I'm really in the podcasting space. And with Africa Podfest, um, it's Africa's first podcast festival, which was supposed to actually take place March, I think, 11th to 13th um, earlier this year, but I know. with those two companies, suddenly I'm a person who is trying to create a business within and around media and trying to be innovative with how I'm moving in those spaces. And so it became much easier to just say I'm a media entrepreneur. I don't think it's fair to say one country is easier than the other. I would say each country has their advantages and disadvantages. When you move anywhere new, you're starting from scratch and it's not as easy to meet people and it's not as easy to connect with new friends. You have to learn about the place. Friendship making in adulthood is always difficult wherever you are in the world. Of course, I would say my mother. We're, we have a very complicated relationship. I'm always very jealous of people who are like I know. super tight closely mm-hmm. and they tell them all the secrets and and they're willing to share and uh, we don't have that relationship and that's okay but um i think for me we were talking about moving countries when you're older my my mother she's a scientist and had a very strong career here in kenya when we moved mm-hmm. and starting from scratch not just for family but even your career in terms of friendships that was very difficult i imagine for her and and so and she's always been very solid in who she is, a hard worker and a woman who's willing to try so many different things outside her realm of what society thinks she should or shouldn't be able to do. I admire her for her grit, her perseverance and her unfuckability. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm fucking cursed. But like you can't mess with her once she's decided what she's going to do. The second person, actually, I'm surprised this came up, but she was really the first person that came up for me is because I don't even remember her name. Primary school, I had a hockey coach and she was very scary. Like all the girls were very scared of her because she was really tough on us in a tough love way. The best way to explain how she was is I learned the words complacency, work ethic. (laughs) She would always be like, don't be complacent because you were a good team. Yeah. She'd be like, don't be complacent. And we'd be like, what does that even mean? The word work 
work ethic. We should always be like, you have to get your work ethic together, work ethic together. And if you can originate such key terms to a single person, then I think that is definitely influence. Because I worked for Reuters. I was in the New York Bureau, the news desk, which included entertainment. One day my editor came and she said, oh, the Harry Potter, I don't even know which Harry Potter movie it was, but she was like, a Harry Potter movie has come out and we need you to go to the presser for it. So the press conference around it. And she, I, I had been around celebrity before, but like political celebrity, not entertainment. So I went, I was excited. And I think they were like, oh, she's young. She like these Harry Potter things. So I went <laughs> and I remember going into the room and there was like Emma Watson, I think. Aww. I think at the time she was talking about like going to university. I don't remember. But my main thing was the interview with the director. I remember going in and at the time I was, of my life, I was just like, it was 2011. So the economy was still really bad. And, and even at the time I was like, is this the time to move back home? And and all these things. And I remember I sat down with him. So I remember talking to him and then I somehow asked him like why he went into directing. And I don't know why I asked that question because it had nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> And he was telling me about how his career was very roundabout. Yeah. It took him a very long time to figure out what he was doing. And oh. and then he asked me, is that what you're struggling with? And at the time, I remember thinking I wasn't sure if journalism was the way I wanted to go. I'd never been very secure about what I wanted to do in life anyway. So I was in one of those sort of those phases. Yeah. yeah. And he was very generous with me. I really should remember his name. His PR lady came, his publicist came and was like, we have to move on. And I was... I remember getting up thinking like, oh shit, like I don't have, he hasn't answered any of my questions. And then he called me back and said, I know you don't have any questions for your interview. Ask me them now. Wow. And then he gave me another. I think we ended up talking for a total of maybe 20 to 25 minutes. Also told me it was the best interview he had had that junket. I've never been the type to to like see my future mostly because I think that scares me a little I will say as it pertains to like career I remember in, in high school they'd ask like what do you think you want to be and I remember think telling a friend this was like during a class final year and we were doing this exercise and I remember telling my friend slash partner in that exercise that I didn't think what I would end up doing existed yet that is true because I don't think podcast <laughs> existed but I also still don't feel like I've landed fully there's nothing more disconcerting when someone comes up to me and says wow you've done this this and this as if I've peaked and mm -hmm. I'm just like you you don't even know I'm just getting started that was not even me doing anything you know that you've, you're just getting started and I think everyone has everyone listening has felt that at one form or another and then also just be being an African and Kenyan woman battling with being humble, even saying that, because of course I have to say, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm just happy to have been here, which is true. But it's also just acknowledging like I've, I see myself doing bigger, badder and better than what you've, than how you're seeing me right now. Um, because it shows up in ways that, do you ever get this, Ida? Do you ever get, uh, sorry, Marsha, do you ever get, and Ida, do you ever get um, people saying like, wow, I could never do what you do? And you're not sure if it's like a compliment? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, wow, you're really doing this, huh? I know. It, it feels like it's such a hustle to do what you're doing, you know? There's, oh, yeah, I always feel like wow, there's another, yeah, there's another tone of, it's oh, okay, it's, yeah, like, 
like, okay, wow. Yeah, it's almost like people can't believe your audacity to even consider something else. And that's why I say it's lonely. Pursuing your your ultimate like success is a lonely path because it's your journey. And we are humans, we are predisposed even through evolution and history to be in groups because that's how we survived. If you left the group, you died. You literally died. Oh my goodness, you've just said something that made me also look back and um, even in friendships and stuff like that, I have always been till like maybe let's say um, the last three years, I had mm-hmm. always been the kind of person who was always recognized as being part of some group <laughs> of friends. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. think at some point I thought it was just, um, I think it was cool. You know, those people where they meet you and they're like, hey, Masha, so how's so and so and so and so and so? Because so. they know that you yeah. come together. <laughs> <You're always with laughs> <laughs> there are different dynamics in a group of friends when you are that person and you're used to hold this the group thing the group thing trying to hold your own and figuring it out and saying you know what i want to be doing this thing and it's okay i don't need validation it's so hard to get to the point where you don't need validation because you're used to people rubber stamping like your thing what you want to do very lucky that people who've always like been their own person that's not me that's something I have learned. I, I agree as in so many things you said there because friendship, I don't know if they ever ended, but friendship breakups, I think are worse than romantic breakups. But I think we, out, you know, we outgrow, we outgrow people, not because you don't love them and not because there's some, there was a, they, anything bad was done. It's just things that you had in common, which is really what builds friendships. Fade. I just, I just released like season two of my pod and and in the first episode I was talking about like the 10 things that COVID has taught me and one of those things was you're allowed to change your mind and I think not just in an immediate decision but also in the ways you want to move in your life and the people you want to have in your life and sometimes it becomes very obvious that the people around you are not moving you forward. Fly, badass Kenyan women over 40 who are just killing it um who are just like even living life better than we youngins are doing it honestly they're just goals in how they are grabbing life fully it's an interview that's going to come up on my podcast in a few weeks but i actually interviewed wandia gishuru of vivo and if you follow wandia gishuru on instagram and her business partner as well these are women who go salsa dancing and do yoga hang out with their girlfriends and, and have full lives and and again I'm saying not that I expected them not to but it's beautiful lives we didn't have a lot of images of older women who have lives that we could potentially want to consider as well I don't think these are fun things to aspire to for sure I think for me one of my life missions is telling African stories to a, the bigger broader world that's sort of level one and then specifically Kenyan women. I just really feel as in for me, I just feel like Kenyan women are so badass. I, I love us <laughs> so much. We're just so amazing and I'm in awe constantly at the grace, beauty, smarts, humor, innovation, authenticity of Kenyan women. And sometimes I feel like we don't see that 
in ourselves. And so my mission in life, in my work, is always somehow involved in trying to create space for that. And then ultimately, kindness. Um, I think for me, if I want to be remembered, is that if nothing else, I was kind, for sure. That's a good one. So the podcast is, is actually called I Have No Idea What I'm Doing, basically about African women on entrepreneurship or African women in business. Just we started my season two a few weeks ago, or last week, sorry. And um, it started actually um, in 2018 as a podcast because I was starting Kali Media, my first company, and I was actually finding it really hard. I just moved back and I was finding it very difficult just to find information about starting my company. It's not like I could easily like Google mm-hmm. start a company in Canada and then all the like tips would come up. It'd usually be like foreign like articles and then trying to bastardize them to Kenya and then talking to people. And I was just like, why is there just not one Googleable? place um, and then also then doing business as a woman and a young woman which if you've ever done business there are just certain things in the patriarchy that you run into and so yeah it started off as that and it was basically the premise of the first season was like everything you need to know in your first year of business so I talked to lawyers tax accountants I talked to women entrepreneurs themselves about their first year and focused on East African women. So women from Kenya, Uganda, Rwanda, from all kinds of industries. I started season two a few weeks ago and like I've already previewed, I, I talked to people like Wendy Akishur, who I had a beautiful conversation with. Yeah, the episode dropping this week, this Thursday is with Trisha Wanjala of Trisha's Naturals, the hair community, and now new Trisha's Naturals product. So a lot of really interesting women that I've talked to and it's nicknamed in most of our social media at African Women in Biz because it's SEO friendly and much easier to find. Most recently with Essence in less capacity nowadays, Essence Magazine. Recently I interviewed DJ Kapi, Nigerian DJ who um, just started her first Apple Music radio station. I have an article coming out later this week with the ladies, South African ladies of Blood and Water, which mm-hmm. is a Netflix show really great. So it's allowed me to reach beyond what Kali can allow me to do in terms of my coverage, which is more East African. And then just like, like I've said, to just bring women's voices and then African stories to a larger audience, which in this case is an American audience. Even though I don't think we necessarily need foreign attention to validate our awesomeness and our greatness, uh-huh. it doesn't hurt. At 51st yeah. Coffees, we have a tradition where I am going to ask you a lightning round of questions. So are okay. you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Please uh, forgive me for anything that comes out of my mouth in this <laughs> lightning round. Because it's lightning thinking and I'm not good at that. But we'll see. We'll play. I'm ready. Let's go. When was the last time you did something for the first time? And what was it? When was the last time I did something for the first time? And what was it? Oh, I feel like that's just entrepreneurship. Um, For the first time, what was yesterday? So was Sunday, did I do anything? This is so hard. I can't think on my feet. Okay. Oh, I don't want to share that. Okay. I, um, no, I'll be honest. I recently went through a breakup. Oh, no. um, very recent. 
that was really painful and changed my sense of self and changed and shook the ground beneath me. Oh no. And I told, I, I announced it to my friends for the first time oh, the God. other day. I'd sat with it for a while. It's just now that you've, once I accepted it, I had to now, of course, tell everybody in my life. And so that was my recent first. Oh my goodness. We have to unpack this later on. Like, honestly, I I feel like, yeah. What's the biggest lesson you've learned this year? I think I've I've had to learn to be to make sure that I can depend on myself first before I ever can depend on anyone else, and not in a way of like I don't need help or I, like I do everything on my own, but just like trust my instincts, like have a very very strong relationship with me and what I'm doing in my life and myself and my conversation with myself and how I'm moving and my instincts and my bo- how I'm treating my body and how I'm taking care of myself before I even start worrying about anyone else in my life. Name one person you would want to have coffee with and why? Well, I, c- I can have fun with this one. I'm like, I'm semi-obsessed. I'm a stan, proper stan for Rihanna. Oh! I just, I also know, I also know like I'm too shady for her. Like she'll just be like, what? So I'm like, this girl. Because I just, just cool and I'm not cool. You know, this movie I just Who like, told you you're not cool? No, I'm, just, I'm too intense. You know, I'm just, I'm too hyper in like and about things it's just I'm not I'm not a chill time right and she seems chill and and like I I don't get awestruck by celebrities so I don't think I would be awestruck by her per se yeah, yeah but when when I first moved to the U.S. quite young I think I identified closely with her not necessarily because of her music and stuff which is fun but I feel like she moved to the U.S. around the same time as me and we figured out America at the, this sounds crazy, oh. but we figured out America at the same time. So, <laughs> I um, so I feel a kinship with her. And of course, her career has expanded much faster, <laughs> bigger than mine. But um, I just, I just, I've always connected with her as being an immigrant. Yeah. Um, trying, trying to figure life out in a new country. And, and then she's just badass and bomb and Fenty Beauty and Fenty everything is just, she's, she's just fun to be a stand for and to stand. So I know I should say Gandhi or somebody. Mm, no, 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 no. I love it. I, I, this is just perfect. Rihanna. <laughs> What's one thing you know for sure? What I know for sure today is um, today um, my my mom, my mother, who I'm with, woke up not feeling well. I don't think it's COVID or anything like that. But of course, within COVID times, you get really like worried and intense. Yeah. And so what I know for sure is that there's always room to have a conversation with your mother outside of what the normal is. And we don't have every day. We don't have time on our side. If you have the time to have a deep conversation with your mother, if you have that kind of relationship, I'm not forcing it on you because we all have different relationships with your mother, then you will never regret having it. I like that. How do you take your coffee? I don't take coffee anymore, but if I'm being forced. I like that you're saying, but if I'm being um, forced. <laughs> If I did, no, if I did, what I used to do is, and maybe this is why I don't do it, it's maybe 
quarter of a cup a cup of coffee the rest is milk <laughs> and then four tables teaspoons of sugar like so it's like it's oh basically milk it's um, just some yeah. yummy dessert over yeah. coffee <laughs> thank you so much for um being with me and doing this episode um it kept cutting off due to connection but we managed to salvage it figure it out yes <laughs> please guys let's be let's be like forgiving because the connection did not want us to win but we persevered anywhere there's like an edit that doesn't make sense just know it's not us it's safaricom ozuku <laughs> who don't want us to be great <laughs> Thank you so much for listening in until the end. This conversation was on so many levels and I want to know all your thoughts on moving back home, on settling in another country, on adult friendships, on seeking validation that's outside validation and everything in between, on starting a business as a young African woman, on mother-daughter relationships. you <laughs> it's a lot but let me know you can go ahead and leave me a voice message if you're listening to this on anchor or comment and dm me on instagram at 51st coffees or tweet at fast coffees on twitter and let's keep talking yeah also do subscribe i keep forgetting to ask you to subscribe please do subscribe wherever you are listening to this we are at coffee number 4 come on now happy coffee's yours <laughs>